Happy Sunday and welcome to Brunch with Des B. I'm your host, Des, also known as Des B, here to provide you with your favorite way to start the week. Every Sunday, we explore new topics and dive into conversations that matter and some that truly do not. Tune in each week to smile, learn something new, and join your favorite brunch gang. Let's get into it. What's up, Brunch Gang? Welcome back to another beautiful Sunday. It's your host, Des, also known as Des B. And today, the B stands for Barbie. Because when I tell you that was the best movie I've seen in the longest time, I'm not lying. And we're going to get to it in this episode, but we have so much to catch up on, so much to chat about. And it's going to be a fun-packed episode. So make sure that you're saddled into your horses you're belted into your car, you're belted in on the roller coaster, wherever you're at, make sure that you are sitting. And if you're for some reason taking a really long dump, this will pass your time perfectly. So I'm very excited for you. Okay. First and foremost, let's just get excited. This is my last travel weekend for at least two weeks, but the next travel I'm on is like vacation. We're going to Florida to see my father-in-law, which is going to be great. The past like four weekends of travel have been like, I don't want to say like business because it's not hard, like it's fun, but it's just like been a lot. Even going to Alpha Land, like with Ty last weekend in Texas, that was a lot. Like, you know, we were, it was content. I was like filming, like it's definitely still work, right? But when we go on vacation in Florida, like I'm, I'm going like, I'm telling my clients I'm taking a week off. Like I'm taking a week off, you know what I mean? So this past weekend was so fun. Um, I'm done traveling for a while. And so, so like Texas was fun, but what I'm saying is like this past weekend, I went to New York city with Tula as, as you guys are watching this, I'm actually on a Beyonce hangover because they took us to the Renaissance tour in a private fucking, what do you call them? Private, uh, you know, square a private room, a private viewing, a private, a a suite. There's the word we stayed in. We were in a suite. We got makeup and glam. We had a photo shoot. We got to like dilly dally around New York. At this point, did I get another tattoo? I don't know. You tell me. I definitely booked some piercings. So it was a blast. I got to take my sister as my plus one. Um, It was only right because she didn't go last time. And now that we have babies that are older and she actually went to my first ever Tula trip with me ever. Like back in 2018, January, there was a Tula event. That was the first Tula event I ever went to. And, um, boom, here we are now almost six years later. Ooh, scary. Um, so yeah, fun week. Okay. But we have, we have a lot of stories and you might be staring at me first. You're like, first off, your hair is totally blending into your sweatshirt. That's 100% true. But also I'm wearing the new DBFT Eras tour sweatshirt, which is available for all our members and all of our bitches in our new challenge. So if you have not yet signed up for the DBFT challenge, we close this week. Okay. This is your only week to sign up. Make sure if you want to use code brunch with Desby, no caps, no spaces, no nothing, get $10 off your first membership month. So if you have not yet been a member, use that code and you can get $10 off your first month. Don't tell anyone I told you. Okay. But this is our DBFT Eras Tour merch. So basically we have on the back, it looks like a set list and it shows all of the 
challenges and shit we've done this year. It's a really fun twist on like finishing up our era's torques. Every merch launch we've done for every challenge this year has said like in my sleigh era, in my shred era, now in my strength era. And you know, we have the era's tour. So fuck yeah. Basically like <laughs> genius marketing. Okay. All right, let's get into our first story because this one had me shook. This happened just today and this was posted only three hours ago. LeBron James's son, Bronny James, was rushed to the hospital after experiencing cardiac arrest while practicing at USC. So he's a basketball player, obviously. And before you know it, he's on the ground today at practice going into cardiac arrest or maybe having cardiac arrhythmia. I'm not sure. It's always like, you know, you, you end up hearing these stories and they're like, well, it wasn't that bad, you know, whatever. So as of right now, we obviously don't 100% know, like I said, it was very new. Like that's the only information we have right now. So by the time this goes live on Sunday, I'm hoping we have a little bit of a clearer picture of what happened, what's going on. Uh, is he okay? You know, et cetera. And I think it's just such a wake up call for all of us. Like you, you can be quote healthy. Shit can still happen. Take care of your body. However you can avoid what you can by taking care of it. You know, it's so scary. Our life is so precious. Bronny James, he's like, I don't want to like get too wrong. He's definitely like 19 to 21. Like he's, he's young. Watch him be like 28. (laughs) regardless, he's young. And so it's just so close to home where shit is happening like this. To piggyback off that, we actually had another story come out as well about Tori Spelling. She was out at a dinner this past week with her husband and some friends. She actually ended up passing out, had to be rushed to the hospital due to blood clots. Now, blood clots can come from like a variety of things, including things like birth control. So again, we don't have a lot of information, but it's like all of these like health things are like happening and it's just, it's kind of tripping me out, you know, to be honest. And we're seeing a lot more, um, just like things being diagnosed and whatever. And it, it makes me think of like what maybe we're all disposed to predisposed to in our society nowadays. Like, I mean, even just general things like pollution, processed foods, like we're doing a lot of things that like our, the older generations, our great grandparents, et cetera, like never had. Um, and it's very interesting. I actually just saw also on the news. And again, like, to be honest, fuck mainstream media. Like I hate watching the news. Like, I hate, if you watch the news every morning, I'm, I'm definitely assuming part of your brain is rotted. Like some of the stories they do nowadays on media, it's like, are you guys slacking that much on finding like proper news? It's crazy. It would just, it would suck to be a news anchor right now. Regardless, I saw like a health moment, you know, whatever. And it talked about how a a lot of younger children, specifically females are coming into emergency places with kidney stones. I'm like, what the fuck? Can you imagine being 12 years old, have passing a kidney stone? I've never had a kidney stone, but I've seen people go through them and it seems monstrous to take on. So I couldn't imagine doing that as a child. Regardless, um, the point being was um, taking more, I think it was, it was something like antibiotics in general, just increased antibiotic usage. Um, And also another thing that was brought up was pollution and like the climate change, different climates, heat. So it was interesting. This doctor was speaking about how heat specifically can predispose people to having kidney stones mixed with all these other contraindications, right? So anyways, it was just crazy. Saw those two stories, Tori Spelling, Bronnie James. And I was just like, oh my God, James, you know, literally James, 
Speaking of health, we had a passing this week as well that kind of like threw me for a loop. And again, this is brand new news as of Tuesday. Barack Obama's personal chef found dead in Martha's Vineyard Pond. The body of a paddleboarder who drowned in Martha's Vineyard Pond on Sunday has been identified that of Tafari Campbell. Former President Barack Obama's personal chef, Campbell, 43, formerly worked in the White House as sous chef during the Bush and Obama administrations before entering the Obama's family employee in 2017. A 911 call placed from near the Obama's family residence around 7.45 on Sunday evening reported a man struggling to stay afloat and suddenly sinking beneath the surface. A male paddleboarder who had gone into the water appeared to briefly struggle to stay on surface and then submerged and did not resurface, police told the media. Another paddleboarder was on the pond with him at the time and observed him going under the water. That is the TLDR of this post. My first question, so first off, I went to the comments. In the amount of comments that like we're so desensitized to like passings anymore, it's actually kind of fucked up how we... We're just like, okay, like it's so interesting. So anyway, my point is I go to the comments and everyone's like, he must've overheard some crazy shit. And like other people saying like, you know, oh, same thing as like Jeffrey Epstein, you know, like kind of relating it back to this idea that it could have been like a hit or like, it was like made on purpose, blah, blah, blah. And I'm, it's just, I like, I was reading those. I was like, you can think it, but don't say it right now. You know, like it was, oh my gosh, we're just, we're so desensitized to fucked up shit happening. Regardless, I was like, really shocked that he, cause so obviously he's in a pond. We're in a pond. Okay. These aren't like big fucking waves. We're not cowabunga in a pond. So he goes underwater on a paddleboard. Okay. To even stand up on a paddleboard, you have to be pretty strong. Okay. You have to be, you have to be pretty experienced to even go out on a paddleboard. Like, you know, you'd be confident to go out in an open pond. I would also argue if you're on a paddleboard, you know that, Hey, if I fall off, which is pretty common paddleboarding, I'm going to live. I know how to swim. So that was my first initial, like kind of what the fuck was like, how do you, how do you drown in a pond paddleboarding when like you've obviously then paddleboarded before, you know? So anyways, so sad. And again, the, the first thing that, you know, we jump into is like, oh, he must've overheard something or blah, blah, blah. And it's sad and it's terrible. So like, here we are, we have health scare, health scare, people passing away. And then it's just, I'll get into the Barbie movie in a little bit, but I've just had like these like in crippling anxiety thoughts about death recently. Like honestly, trigger warning when we get into talking about Barbie, I wouldn't even say trigger warning. Like these are things that we have to be aware of, you know, like we are going to die. Like, I don't think you need a trigger warning to know that, right? Like we're going to die. Like that's pretty much just straight up. If, if we can't accept that, we're going to have a long life of just stress and anxiety. Anyways, we'll get, I don't want to get too dark. We're going to get into it though, for sure. Okay. Next story, breaking story um, that I thought was interesting is Whitney Port is now being, I don't want to call her like shamed, but she's kind of being called out for being like really, really thin. And it mentioned that, um, her husband has been, has finally admitted that he's worried about her being too thin. Um, and then she quote said at some point, I'm too lazy to eat. Very interesting to me. So Whitney is very thin. When I saw her in real life at Dear Media, I was literally like, wow, 
you're very thin. And uh, it's not something that I think you have to shame. Like a body's a body. You can't help but look at a body and identify it, whatever that identifier is, right? But when I did see her, I remember being like, holy shit, she's so thin. Now I know postpartum for me, at one point, especially during breastfeeding, I was very thin as well. She's obviously a mother. She probably does like Pilates, whatever. Um, And sometimes also when you're a mom, your metabolism changes along with just like you're busy. So when you think of like eating, I used to always laugh at people who'd be like, oh, I forgot to eat. And I'm like, the fuck? How do you forget to eat? But then you become a mom, you become busy. You're like, oh fuck, it's already four o'clock. It's not that you forget to eat. It's you lost track of time. So anyways, I put all those things together when I saw her and I was like, well, it makes sense. Sometimes you can just do that. Also, a lot of people that tend to adopt maybe different dietary types um, tend to have different builds, right? People that are maybe just vegan, they're typically eating lower calorie, not on purpose, but sometimes because it just aligns with what they eat in the day. So anyways, um, she explains uh, when Port stepped on the scale, it hit her that she had been setting an unhealthy example. She explained, I eat to live not the other way around. I always feel hungry, but I just don't know what to eat. It's not how I want to look or feel though. Port considers herself, quote, too lazy to make feeding herself a priority, adding, quote, I'm too picky when it comes to taste and quality. Both are unacceptable. So we see her um, just being like super thin, very tiny. An Instagram user wrote, that Port had achieved her abs by, quote, not eating, with others accusing her of our, of a starvation diet. She was monitored back in 2010 in an interview saying that she had, quote, never had pasta and consumed about 1,000 th- calories a day. So anyways, the point of that story for me when I read that was, number one, you never know what people are doing to achieve the physique that they have. It's very easy for anyone to post photos eating a burger who says they ate it. It's easy for them to post ice cream. Who says they actually ate the ice cream? Like a lot of people can put up any type of facade online. Um, And no matter how much we think we like know these people from reality TV, X, Y, Z, you just never know what they're going through. You never know what it may be. Um, And it's just so important to give grace for people in those situations when it comes to like, I don't want to say body shaming them, but ultimately, yeah, like we are, you know, to say someone is too thin or not fit enough or they're too fat or they're too obese, whatever, like, All of those types are body shaming, right? Like just if it's not your body, it's not your problem. I think that's really what it comes down to. But it made me sad that she kind of had to defend herself. But hopefully she gets help or like get a fucking chef. Like, I don't know, Whitney, like you're making enough money still on residuals and shit. Like go get yourself a fucking chef. Get yourself some fucking icon meals. I don't know. I'm seeing all those pushed everywhere. Pro style meals. I don't know. Get meals made for you. Like I just don't think it's that hard when it comes to like, I'm too lazy, like then make it a priority, especially when it comes to eating, like eating is a priority. You have to stay fueled and healthy. Next one. Again, we're on this body shaming type thing. So Madison beer annihilates. This is what the headline annihilates body shamer who said she's quote getting fatter. Madison beer annihilated a body shamer who told her to lose weight because she was getting fatter. The reckless singer posted three photos on Instagram of herself in a short white dress Sunday, which prompted a male follower to comment, hey, Madison, I've noticed that your legs and arms are getting fatter. By the way, she looks amazing in this photo. Beer snapped back. I wouldn't touch you with a 10-foot pole if you paid me a million dollars. 
The commoner eventually deleted his unsolicited opinion, but Beers fans came to her defense in droves. Can't believe some dudes feel like they have the right to comment on someone else's appearance. One fan wrote, (laughs) keep slaying. (laughs) Another user commented, Madison Beer, you are gorgeous no matter what. Beer previously urged social media users to stop shaming women after enduring the traumatizing experience of her nude photos and videos being linked. Um, So if you guys watch her episode on call her daddy. Um, she was on there probably a couple months ago. And when I listened to it, I mean, it was, it was a fucking jaw dropping interview just about her past and these, this exploitation of her people leaking her nudes in like videos of her. I quite literally don't know what I would fucking do if a nude was leaked to me. Like, honestly, oh my God, I would, I would, I don't even know what I would do. Like, I don't know what I would do. I really don't. Like that is so, it's so violating. And if someone leaks that, like say on the internet, right? Like somewhere, somehow that photo will always live. It takes one person to screenshot something. It takes one, like, and just because you quote scrub it from the internet doesn't mean you scrubbed it from someone's phone or their iPad or, you know, or their what the fuck ever. That is so terrifying to me. So anyways, her whole movement and kind of like ever since she wrote her book also and released her book, just kind of not having shame in your body. And for so long, she felt so much shame of like what she had gone through and not being proud of it, blah, 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 whatever. So all of this, you know, probably triggers a lot of like PTSD for her, even just having someone comment on her body, period. And she looks great. But I also know sometimes to comment on someone's body positively is really hurtful for them, um, which is like new to me. But I also like understand that's like maybe like a, I don't want to call it ignorant. Like it's just like a new way of thinking of, you know, sometimes like positivity is not positive for people either. So it's sometimes better to just not comment on someone's body at all in some cases. Now for me, if you want to say, Des, you got really nice legs. I'll take that shit. I'll gobble that up all day long. I just want to let you know, positive comments for me. I'm going to eat that up, babe. Okay, so now we've gone health scare, health scare, death, body shaming, skinny shaming, skinny. Now we're going to go one more story that really just rocked my world today. Cause I read this and was literally like, what the fuck? Raven Simone says she has psychic visions like her character in that. So Raven life is imitating art for Raven Simone. During Sunday's episode of the best podcast ever with Raven and Miranda, the Disney Channel actress, 37, admitted that she's not so different from her character in That's So Raven because she also has certain psychic abilities. I do have these moments where I will really just stare and I will see the scene that is happening to me or that's going to happen to me in another dimension. And I'm like, yo, this is weird. The Raven's home star said, there will be a time when I'm walking and I'll trip over nothing, she added. While Raven Simone said she can't directly see in the future, she explained she's had moments of deja vu since the age of seven through the help of her spirit guides. The way we connect is through our trauma. She said, meditation just allowed my spirit guides to help me given to this day that can happen. The Cheetah Girl star got on the topic of supernatural abilities during a game of spin the wheel. Her wife and co-host Miranda Pierman Madej and special guest Kiki Palmer. When the wheel landed on the word psychic, Raven Simone offered her perspective on the ability. 
Um, so anyway, she just goes on to say she does not believe fortune tellers are in the same category as psychics. So like she does believe that you can like connect and transfer energy, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I, you know, I, I really didn't know what to make of that story because <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't. Okay. Do I just be rude? Probably at that point. Like, do you think maybe there could be something else like mentally going on in your head? Now I'm just saying that because if we're thinking of a source of trauma and we're thinking of a lot of stress on your body, the way that you have to embed yourself in these characters. And she did this when she was just so young. At what point do you almost create in your mind this idea that you can maybe do something when you can't, but you're so embedded into this experience that you think you had when in reality, like you did, you know, that was your acting for so long that it's like a part of you. And then you kind of like convince yourself you, you maybe did it. It's kind of like, have you guys ever like had a memory and you're like, did I like make that up though? Like, was that real? Like, did I make that up or, or did it really happen that way? Because like we, our brain will kind of change things. Right. So anyways, when I like read that, I was like, you know what? Raven Simone's kind of like, she went a little like different for a minute and like, listen, I'm except you do you, babe. We all have different journeys of finding our true selves, but I just think she's gone through a lot. And so to just openly be like, yeah, I am psychic. I was just like, you know, (laughs) are you, (laughs) are you Raven? You know, like, I don't know. I can just see her still tapping into like the actor ability of just kind of like, get your gaze into the future, future, future. And she just kind of like has this, her one eyebrow up and she's just doing the same thing. And people just like go over to her and they're like, Hey, Raven where you're not on the show anymore. And she's like, wait, I'm not filming. And it, it, it's like a constant, like she almost gets trapped in her old self. And they're like, no, like it's okay. Like we're, we're here now. And she's like, oh my gosh, sorry. I just like had this like snap back. Like, I don't know. I just, I'm like, that. I don't think I would like tell people that to be honest. So that was kind of like a few really insane stories of the week. You guys have to let me know. Like, do you think people are like psychic or like premonitions? I don't know. At that point, like, is that just our minds working? Like the minds are crazy, right? Like we can make up fake scenarios, quote, what we would call deja vu in our head all the time. Like, I don't know, like maybe you're just really creative. I don't think you would be psychic. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Sorry. Next up, let's get into a few launches. Number one, we had Petula come out on the 30th. Brandy Petula, I'm actually like wearing it now brand new bear collection, which I was very excited for. We have new colors, like a grape. We have like a deep green. Um, I don't have them in front of me right now. We have, we have an actual black. We've been waiting for bear to be black for forever. Like we've had this like charcoal, dark Heather gray. I'm like, no bitch. We want a fucking black pair of bear. Okay. Black. Is it that hard? Yes, it is. To create that type of fabric is pretty hard. So, but they did it. So good job. We have black bear now. As always, you guys can use code DESB. Um, Again, we have the membership launch. If you guys want to be a part of the challenge, it's a little bit different this time, so I'm just going to TLDR it. All you have to do is pay for two months of membership. That's a TLDR, okay? That's all you're paying. Instead of paying one upfront $117, you're now only paying $98. You're paying two months of $49. Boom, you're done. You can cancel after that. No commitment necessary. Um, However, if you get to the end, 
of the challenge. You're like, holy shit, what am I going to do? You know, after, okay, cool. Well then like you just keep doing the membership. Like you totally can. Or like I said, cancel hands, hands are clean. Hands are clean. You don't have to worry about it. Okay. Um, so TLDR, that's it. If you want more information, I'm not going to bore you here. Go to the DBFT Instagram. Okay. Period. Tula. Holy fuck. Like I said, I was there this past weekend. I'm in New York celebrating the brand new radiant skin concealer. So fucking excited for this. Honestly, like kind of iconic. We've never seen another skincare line really branch into like makeup, you know? So like we had this, the tinted skin or the radiant skin tint, right? 30 SPF. Cool. We still have sunscreen, right? Boom, boom, boom. Now this product here we are treating the under eyes, but we're in a concealer form. It's like, it's makeup. It's makeup. It's buildable foundation makeup. It's awesome. Love the color range. Really proud of the 30 shades. Everyone has a shade. It's stunning. You put it on with your radiant skin tint first. You put on the concealer. And then I personally will sometimes set with powder, just like a normal makeup. It looks fantastic. I had a little bit of bronzer, a little bit of my bronzy drops from Drunk Elephant or whatever I want to do. It's amazing. So yeah, go grab that. Code DESB, you got 15% off as always. I don't think we have any like family and friends discounts coming up, which is when you can use my code for like 25% off. Stay up to date with that. Um, but really excited about this. 100% should, should support. I think you guys would really like it. I will say like if you get in the ballpark range of like your shade, it'll always work. You know what I mean? Like if you get like a one, two, three between your, your actual, what your actual shade would work would be, it still works. It's really good. All right. Next up, we have some watches next segment. Okay. We have a new watch this week. This is what I watched on the plane and it is called tell me lies. Now, some of you are going to be like, um, yeah, I've already went it. Cool. Fucking congrats. I haven't cause I'm doing more than you and I'm busy. No, I'm just kidding. But I haven't watched it. My sister was like, dude, you have to watch. And I kept telling her like, okay, I'll watch it. What is it? Like, tell me a secret. Like, she's like, no, it's tell me a little lie. So I'm like, okay, I'll watch it. And then I forget. And then I was like, what, what's that secret show you want me to watch? And she's like, it's fucking tell me lies. I'm like, okay, shit. So I finally started watching it three episodes in. I'm obsessed. Like, it's so good. The only thing that like irks my fucking nerves. And this is just so weird to me. Like, why do we have 27 year olds always playing 18 year olds? Like it's so fucking weird in my head of like pretending to be like younger. Like, like I know that a natural like 18 year old can't always play an 18 year old, right? Like you have to have the level of acting maturity as well as like being like legally and consentfully doing certain things like in a show. Right. So like you can't always have the true age playing like the age kind of like euphoria, right? It's like fucking Zendaya is like 30, not really, but like playing a 15 year old, like whatever. So anyways, they're in college. They're doing the college party and boom, right off the bat. Episode one, we have someone already fucking dies. Already someone that fucking dies. And I'm like, hold up. This person who died was like, gonna say something, didn't. Oh, I was like, oh God, I'm I'm like already into this. Like we got a little bit of death, a little bit of mystery, a little bit of sex, a lot of sex. And it's super good. So if you guys have not watched it yet, like I said, I'm on episode three. I don't want to spoil it too much. Here's what I'll do. I'll tell you, hey, watch it up. Let's watch up to episode. Let's watch up to episode five this week. Let's come back next week. Let's reconvene. We're going to chat episode one through five. Okay, so like there's where we are. Next up watches. Guys, you know, I just, I love Cody Co so much. 
And I just, I want to just keep telling you guys this because one day when I'm finally able to meet him or something, like I want to be able to all of you guys be like, no, dude, I fucking know Des loves the shit out of you. Like I love him and Kelsey Kreppel so much. Kelsey has a podcast called Circle Time and she's actually with Dear Media. I would quite literally give a fucking, I would give up my arms to be on that podcast with her. Like I think her and I could be the best co-host, but also just even like as a guest podcast, like, so anyways, my point is I've just been catching up on Cody Co's videos. I've been a few weeks behind, which life happens. So if you're also a few weeks behind on my YouTube, no big deal. Just go binge my episodes. It's what I do with all the people I love, including myself. But I've been watching his stuff. Um, I'm just, I'm loving it. He does such a good job doing like reaction videos. It's like, they're my favorite videos ever. They just keep me like mindless. Another thing I've been watching lately a lot is like, YouTube shorts, which is so funny. Cause I like always roast people that watch YouTube shorts. Like if you watch YouTube shorts, like I'm convinced while you're watching that you're just like biting your toenails. Like you're not using the clippers. Like your foot is literally in your fucking mouth and you're just like biting on your toes. Like I'm just assuming you have like weird fetishes. You have weird kinks and I don't want to kink shame, but like, I'm going to kink shame. Like, I feel like you're a weird user. If you're just like scrolling YouTube shorts, like who the fuck does that? Well, now I do, <laughs> I get it. So I've finally like customized my feed by watching so many shorts, like on my TVs, like when I'm watching YouTube on my TV, I scroll the shorts. So I'm like, so embedded in comedy. All I watch are like Tom Segura, Brett Kreischer, uh, the Bobby Lee, um, what's the other one's name? They're on, they're on the hot friends or best friends podcast. Fuck. I forgot. He's all, he's all redheaded. This is named Andrew. I don't remember. Theo Vaughn, Chris Stefano, like all these people I just like fucking love so much. Shane Gillis is a new favorite of mine. Like we just keep going and it's all comedy. And then all of a sudden I'll get like a slew of like 10 Taylor Swift eras tour in a row. Like it's the best curated feed I've ever fucking made in my life. Like no one's making me feel like shit. I don't have like body dysmorphia going through my YouTube shorts feed. Like mm, just chef's kiss comedy and Taylor Swift. It's all I need. Um, which by the way, I've not stopped listening to speak now. Like my obsession with Taylor Swift has only grown. And like, I'm really confident, like admitting that because I'm also admit, I'm also very confident admitting that like at one point I was like, what's the big deal with Taylor Swift? Like love her, always have loved her. We'll sing all of her music, but like, why do you guys like love her so much? Yeah, I totally like get it now. So I'll openly admit that's where I was. And I'll openly admit here's where I'm at now. Accept it or fucking leave it. You know what I mean? All right, last watch of the week, Vanderpump. Oh, I'll be honest, guys. I've not, I think I've watched one episode. I've just been so busy traveling. I started Tell Me Lies. So it's kind of been on the back burner, but also I know that there's like a lot of filming going on in Lake Tahoe and like I've caught up on a few different stories. Like it wasn't Raquel getting rid of the dog and then like James got it. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Like I don't want to put together these pieces because I genuinely don't understand who anyone is or what they have to do with anything. So my eyes are just like, I can't see a thing, but I want to see. I'm kind of like peeking every now and then like, okay, what's new? Um, but the last news I saw was that like Tom Sandoval and Sheena had like a huge like trauma meltdown together in Lake Tahoe. So anyways, my point is I promise that I'll get done before the new season because we are going to be 100% reviewing it week by week. And I also will say like, I still am so excited for the geriatric bachelor. It's going to be nuts. We are going to be reviewing the fuck out of that. So if you do not follow me on my sunscreen and sarcasm 2.0, literally just type in sunscreen and sarcasm. I'll pop up. I have like a picture right now. My profile picture is like 
SpongeBob laying down like with an IV in. So, so it look. I think my name says Meme God. So just so you know that like that's me. I wish I could like troll people on that account because they wouldn't know it was me. But it's genuinely like my happy place. You know what I mean? Like it's my happy place. So I'm just getting back from recording and I got everything uploaded on my computer. And I realized, oh my God, I never talked about Barbie. I'm so embarrassed. So coming to you from my iPhone, coming to you with this shitty audio to tell you to go see Barbie. It was an unexpected twist of sadness that I was not expecting. I don't want to ruin it for everyone. So if you haven't seen it, just know like it is Desby approved. Like it's perfect. It's fun. It's comical. It's serious. It's sad, but like in a very real way. The one part I wanted to touch on that I did mention was like the kind of like thoughts of death recently that I've had. And I've just been like kind of like going into oblivion of anxiety and worry sometimes at night. Like what happens after you die? Like, oh my gosh, like what if this really is my only life? Like when you die, does your brain stop? Like, I don't know. There was just, I just have been like really spiraling in these weird thoughts. So um, the Barbie movie actually like did that as well. Um, Like it kind of talked, like she, (laughs) I don't, again, I don't want to ruin it, but just you have to go see it. It was so good. I think Ryan Gosling had some of his like best performance ever. And I know that's like a weird take, but he played Ken so well. And I know we were all like kind of pissed when he got the role. Like he doesn't look like what I thought Ken would like whatever, but like he was Ken. Like it was so good. You guys would love it. Um, You have to go watch it. I 100% will go see it again. Like 100%, maybe not in theaters. Cause like, I don't know who would go with me, but Oh, my brother just said he would go. So I will 100% go see it again. It was so funny, so quirky. It wasn't like too much. There was only a few parts that I think a lot of people are maybe getting mixed in with the idea of like, oh, it was super political or whatever. And there was only one scene that really was like overkill for me of like, you guys, again, if you watch it, you probably know what scene I'm talking about where it was like, okay, like let's move on. But like in a good, like it was all written very well. Like Greta Gerwig is known to take really strong female roles and just give them a voice. And she just did a fantastic job with her take on Barbie. Like it made me really excited to see her take on The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe or like also known as Narnia. Um, If you guys remember me referencing that a couple weeks ago that she is going to be doing the two reenactments coming to Netflix on Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. So I'm pretty excited for that. Regardless, such a good movie. I'm pissed I forgot to talk about it in the actual podcast. So forgive me. I'm just going to add this into my watches section. But um, I hope that you guys go see it. And if you do, you have to tell me what you think. podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. I talk about BetterHelp a lot, seeing as that it's benefited me in the past two years. Some people think, you know, maybe, oh, things have to get really bad until you can go to therapy. You're like, I'm not depressed. Why do I need therapy? But really therapy is a tool to where you're using it before things were to get worse and to avoid being at your lowest low. I don't know about you, but why the fuck 
Would you want to get to your lowest low before you climb out to the, to the top again, right? BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video and even live chat sessions with your therapist. You don't have to see anyone on your camera. You don't have to wear pants. You don't even have to put on pajamas. You could be naked wherever you're at and do a therapy session with your therapist. So for me personally, I like to put my AirPods in. I'll walk around my desk room. I'll go for a walk outside when it's nice out, whatever it may be. And that's what works for me. It is customizable and it is more affordable than most in-person therapy. Give it a try. See why over two million, million, trillion people have used BetterHelp Online Therapy. And girls, don't forget to get on betterhelp.com slash Desby and put in that discount code. If you forget that, you do not get that 10% off your first month. And that is the deal with being a listener of Brunch with Desby. Last segment of the week. First off, I got to stretch out my knee. Oh my God, Lord Christ. I'm so fucking sore. It's nuts. I did adductors yesterday. Like I did five sets of 20 super set it with leg press. I'm regretting it. All right. Advice from Desby. You guys, you know, I hope you realize I do this out of the kindness of my heart because I want you guys to be better and I want to make you better. I'm here to heal you. First question, pretty generic, but I, but like, I love it. How do I know when someone is the right person for me? Sincerely, your confused girly who is over men's bullshit. So my first question, I guess, would be, are you sure that you're like looking for a man? You know, I mean, I'm, I'm honest. I'm honestly saying it like first question. I would just kind of dig deep, you know, for a moment. Am I really looking for a man? But also if you end up saying like, yes, definitely 100% penis, then if you have to question that, I would argue that like whoever you're thinking about is not for you. We'll have our natural doubts, you know, here and there of like, ooh, like, is this the right person for me? But to like continuously be like, who is the right person? Is this the right person? Like, then there's a problem. When I met Wyatt, like it sounds so fucking annoying, like it really does. But when when I met Wyatt, like I just knew from the moment, okay, it wasn't like when we, well, okay, like when we met, I remember meeting him in the dorm hallways. It was a really quick, like, hey guys, like this is, this is the new, you know, transfer me in for volleyball. This is Wyatt. And I'm, you know, I'm like, hi. And I remember looking at him and he was like burly and like, you know, gosh, I wish you guys could see him back then. He was just, we were so young, you know, it's just such a special time. But anyways, he was a hottie. But I remember just being like, okay, like whatever. Sparks like flew in my head, but I I was like, I don't know. But when I went to that lacrosse party and that was the first night that I ever kissed him, when we first kissed, like, it was like, yep, like that's it. Like, I don't need to kiss anyone else. And, and I didn't, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's truly a feeling that you will know. And I feel like it's always when you stop looking that the person shows up, like that happened for me. And it's happened to so many people that I know, you know, it's like, oh, I, well, no, honey, you tell the story. No, babe, you, you, no, you always tell it better. (sighs) Okay. Well, I'll say it. When we met, it was like everything else in the world faded and it was funny. Yeah. No, I'm going to get to that part. It was funny because we both, yeah, I know the weekend before 
babe, stop. I love, I love you too. I love you too. Okay. I'm going to finish the story. It was the weekend before that both her and I, we were like, we're done. You know, we're done with the relationship. We're deleting. <laughs> I know we're deleting Tinder. I know, I know, I know, I know. And then we met and seen. That's always how it goes. You always, you come across anyone and that's the exact story they'll tell. Well, we were, it was right when we gave up hope and we both found each other in the depths of darkness. And she was my light. <laughs> she was my light. And then she starts crying. She's like, I fucking love you, babe. And then he's like, I love you, baby. And then they start like awkwardly like, and then you're just like at the other side of the table, like, can we just like eat our steaks? You know, it's always those people. But I think when you know, you know, and it's so, it's so underrated. It's so underrated. It's fucking annoying to hear. I, I 100% hear you on that. Um, but when you know, you know, don't settle, don't settle. There's so many fucking people out in the world. Oh my God. So many other people. I haven't been on Tinder in like, you know, 10 years. I couldn't imagine how many swipes you can go through. You can find someone. Okay. Woo. Oh my God. This is a, this is really long, but we're, we're going to get into it. Cause it looks pretty interesting. Dear Desby. I'm contemplating on breaking up with my boyfriend of five years. We're both 28 and we live together. However, the house is in my name. Over the last few weeks, I've been realizing how much emotional abuse is coming to light and I'm sick of arguments over petty bullshit that are irrelevant and pointless. He makes me feel crazy. He blames me for having an attitude, not communicating. It's his way or the highway for the most part. About three years ago, we did distance. Not gonna lie, I got a vibrator because I was curious and some of my friends has had them and I never had them before. That sounds like me. I didn't get my first vibrator or even do anything like that. Masturbate for the first time till I was like 26. Yeah, I totally get it. I never told my boyfriend because I knew it wouldn't go over well because I was having a low sex drive at the time. We didn't have sex a lot. I will also share real quick, TLDR, is a vibrator helped me so much postpartum, heal mentally, want things inside me again. Um, I felt I was in control. I was able to kind of see what I like again. So if you are someone who doesn't have a vibrator, don't be weird about it. Just go get one, figure it out. That's all I can say. Okay. Fast forward to last summer, he found it, threatened to leave. He accused me of cheating on him. I apologized and he threw my vibrator out. I hate that. He said, he asked why I don't have sex with him. Um, I told him because I don't have confidence. I felt disgusting. I'd gained a lot of weight um, and I wasn't in the mood. He asked why I got the vibrator. And I said, because I was curious and he lost his shit. Um, weeks go by, he had const- she had to constantly repeat herself like her reason wasn't enough for him. Fast forward, hand on the Bible. I've never been with anyone else in our five-year relationship. I've never cheated on him. We've argued about laundry, mad about shorts that had paint on them that also seemed to look like, quote, cum stained when it was literally paint. This was my wake-up call, made me start thinking, is this how he's going to act when we're married or have kids? She also, so this girl, I'm saying she, but she is saying, I also want to get a side travel nurse job. He's shutting that shit down. He told me our relationship isn't stable enough for her, me to be gone for three nights a week um, and doesn't want to take care of our dying dog. God, there's, I'm going to be honest, babe. There's a lot going on in the story. Like I'm just kind of, I'm glazing over the rest of it for reading's sake. This person ends up sent, um, finishing here with, I'm scared to leave because I worried about where he is going to stay. Because we moved to the east side of Michigan from the west side. He has no one. I don't know what to do. I feel like I've been manipulated dealing with a narcissist. And I don't think I could work up the courage to break it off. Help a girl out, please. Sincerely, a queen who lost her crown. Yeah, this is hard because 
it's not just like an apartment and like you have a house and you own a house. I think the only thing that you can truly do is like, first off, break it off. Like I'll be, I'll be the bitch to say it. Like that doesn't sound like a healthy or fun relationship, like at all. It's your house. It's in your name. If you are scared of something that like might happen or whatever, I feel like the only thing you can truly do is break it off. And if you need to have like a policeman at your house to escort him off your property, like, I feel like that's what you have to do. You know, like if, if it really comes down to that, you feel threatened of your safety at all at that point, like change the locks immediately, change your garage code, change your garage opener, whatever the fuck you have to change, make sure all your windows are locked. Like you just never know like how breakups go with people. And I feel like, especially as women, if you're like quote living alone at this time, say you kick them out, it's scary. But I don't think anyone in life is offered just like handouts in terms of you're struggling. He doesn't deserve to be housed by you. You know, like there's no reason why you should feel empathetic. Like, I'm sorry, you can feel empathetic, but there's no reason why it should hold you back from releasing yourself from a toxic relationship. I know it's hard to think of like, well, I feel bad for him or, you know, he moved because of me. But like, just because you move for someone, especially right now, you're just boyfriend, girlfriend, that doesn't mean jack shit. So if you were to kick him out, like at that point, he would have to be expecting of that. He set himself up for leaning on you in that way. And like, that's totally fine. I'm not saying it's negative. It's just like, you have to understand that that could very much go away. So I wouldn't allow yourself to be manipulated. Go see a counselor, you know, again, have a police escort if necessary, lean into your family, put your house up for sale, like whatever you need to do to close that chapter. But it's, it's always hard when you're going through something like this, whatever that thing may be, whatever situation it is, where you're like, how am I going to do this? But you're going to look back in another year and you're going to be like, that was exactly what I needed to do. And it always worked out. So sending love. Sorry, couldn't be the best help. I would come over and escort him out myself if I could. Dear Desby, I really haven't talked to my sister in over two years. She only comes around during the holidays, even though we live in the same city. She constantly is giving my parents attitude, comes across as super unappreciative. I've stopped putting in effort, hoping that she would come around, but the gap seems to have gotten bigger. I'm not really interested in reaching out because I don't like the way she communicates. My parents give in to any form of communication she gives, even if it's bitchy because they just want something. I'm tired of being frustrated around her, but I feel like she drains my bucket anytime I try. I constantly battle the definition of family because most of the times my friends care more than she does. Sincerely, when do we stop enabling? I feel like a relationship from like a sister to sister is like a little bit different than a, a do- like a daughter to mother. Like if, like I put myself in the shoes of like, if my son ever like treated me like shit, I would never, I would do anything I could to not lose him, right? Like it, it's a relationship of a child where you're like, I don't want to see you go. So like, even if you treat me like shit, like I, I love you and I'll figure it out or whatever, right? So I can see where your parents kind of grasp on anything that they have with her because like as a parent, it's just like a, a deep, deep sadness to like even picture that. Like the same thing kind of like occurred in, you know, a family issue of my own. And I just like couldn't imagine the sadness of like grasping for the attention of your child when like they're not there. You know, like it's, it's sad. So I can see where your parents have a different relationship with her but I don't think that that means you need to. If it just comes down to like a holiday thing, I feel like at that point, that's where you sadly have to just honor that like blood is, what what is the fucking phrase? Is it blood is thinner than 
water or like thicker. I don't fucking remember. Whatever it means, that family doesn't mean shit. Sorry. Like, I'm going to call it how it is. I know plenty of families that are so fucking broken. It's sickening. Like, I cannot believe family can hurt family like that. And it's really just continued to show me that family doesn't mean fucking nothing. In some cases, it does. Look at the Kardashians. They hold each other's secrets, okay? (laughs) But at some point, some family can 100% write off that ability to be your family anymore. They can lose the um, respect of being called mom, right? Oh, my my mom, 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 mom. All of a sudden your mom turns into, yeah, Barb. Yeah, I talked to Barb today. You know, it's like at some point they can lose the respect of being, oh yeah, that's my sister. It's like, uh, no, that like that's Susie. You know what I mean? Like it happens. So I would just honor where you're at right now. Um, you know, I would, I would only hope that there can be some form of healing, but also sometimes you just go through life with a different outcome than you thought. And it's funny because when we're all young, it's so easy to be like, wow, my family's perfect. Or, you know, wow, we, we don't have that many issues or, or and maybe some of you come from like very broken homes and like, I totally see that. But in some cases we grow up in a very like privileged mindset of like, wow, like my family's perfect. And then we grow up and we're like, never fucking mind. They're all weird. You know, that's great. Dear Desby, please help me. I'm the big sister that everyone asks for advice, but I don't have one to ask. <sighs> Babe, you're in the right place. I graduated with my associate's degree of nursing in December of 22. I started working full-time and taking four non-nursing classes towards my bachelor's in January of 23. I have a lot of family stuff going on right now. It's causing me stress working full-time and I recently got engaged. I'm trying to focus on myself, regular workout routine, improving my eating habits, et cetera. I also am constantly overwhelmed that I feel like I can't enjoy wedding planning, learning, growing at work, let alone having time for myself and my fiance. I have 30 credits left for my bachelor, but honestly, it makes me sick to think about starting classes again in a month. Would it be terrible to push off going back to school until January or even after the wedding? The wedding is in June of 24. If that makes a difference, I haven't registered for classes. Oh, if it makes a difference. I haven't registered for classes yet because it seems like so much for me right now. Sincerely, a lit candle but the candle is outside and it's about to rain. (laughs) First off, that's a really funny, not acronym. I can't even think that that was funny though. Let me just tell you that. So I'm, I'm indifferent about this because I see where you're at. And like, I want to honor your mental health. When you take, when someone takes time off of school, I'm just going to call it how it is. It's really hard to go back, really hard to go back. Like I see a lot of people who take that like, you know, oh, I'm just taking a gap year. No, they just like ended up not going to college, right? Which college isn't for anyone or for everyone, whatever. But what it seems like you're working towards is like really important for you. Like a bachelor's of nursing, that that's huge, right? And I know it's fucking hard. I, I would only be scared. And again, this is me coming at you as like big sis. I would be scared to see you take time off worrying that you wouldn't be able to like finish. Now, Remove yourself from the situation. Take a step back. Is nursing really what you want to do? I think that's where you start. Number one, is this my passion or do I just feel like I have to do it? I feel like that's the harder question for you right now. Is this what you want to do? If that answer is immediately in your head, like, fuck yeah, I want to become a nurse. Figure it the fuck out. Figure it the fuck out. That's all I'm saying. What can we change? Can we take a a longer like approach with classes? Can we take, can we, instead of being done in four years, can you do five? Like, what does that look like for you? Rework the system. 
if it's your passion. Now, when it comes to like wedding planning, stuff like that, I, I hate that you are stressed about that. Number one, remember like no matter what you're going to get married, like you will get married. Okay. Could you elope in the meantime and then plan a reception like after you finish school? Like, I don't know. I think the first question you need to go back to, is this really what you want to do? And from there, rework what you need, rework the timeline and know that like, again, if this is your passion, this is what you're going to do, that what you really want to do. Sometimes shit has to change. And what we, what we may think up here isn't what's happening out there in the real world. Okay. It's, it's not realistic. So that's where I would start. And again, I'm coming at you like tough love. This is big sis. I would be scared for you to take time off because also like when you're in a, in a rhythm, right, you're going, you're going, you're, you you know, you're fucking anatomy and your chemistry and your medical terms and all this shit, right? Um, you you know, your English or whatever the fuck you have to do. All of a sudden you take all of that off your plate and you feel the freeness of not being in school. I swear to you, you won't want to go back. I swear to you, you won't want to go back. So rework the schedule. I'm not saying that you don't deserve to like prioritize yourself or whatever, but what does that look like for you right now? Cause it just might look different than what you are going to soon be done and have the freedom for, but it just might not be realistic for you right now. And again, you have to kind of like put on, you know, like how horses, when you're like race horses, they wear those little flaps so they can't see. That's kind of like what you need to do right now. Don't focus on what anyone else is doing. Don't focus on the other people having kids and already be married and having elaborate weddings and having the promotions and having the job. Don't fucking look at anyone else except for your plan and your journey right now because their timelines are not yours and yours are not theirs. That would be my big sis advice for you. Mic drop. Dear Desby, have you ever had a deal with low libido? <laughs> if so, how do you get through it? Sometimes it just hurts because I feel like I don't want to do it, but yet I want to do it for him to fill his needs too. TMI, but even fingers hurt. Sincerely, the re-virginized girly, LOL. Okay, number one, why is it hurting? That's that's my like immediate question is like, what's going on down there? I don't see any added notes of like I'm postpartum or, you know, whatever it may be. So like, what's going on? Number one. Number two, have you been to a gynecologist? Like, you know, anatomy wise, are we good down there? Okay. Are there any anatomical changes? You know, what's going on? Number one, number two, are you fucking using lube? I don't, I don't care if it's just fingers going inside me. There's fucking lubes on the, there's lube on the fingers. Okay. I I don't get soaking wet like the Sahara. Like I was 18. Okay. Remember when we were 18, our panties would just be wet at the fucking poster being hung up of Zac Efron. Like we would get wet in a minute. Okay. Nowadays shit's changed. Okay. Shit's changed. I need lube all the time. Number one. Number two, again, if it hurts, it shouldn't hurt. So what's going on down there? Is it pelvic floor? Is it what's going on? Okay. Get that figured out. Pelvic floor therapist, go to your gynecologist, tell them about what's going on, ask them for some help, some support, whatever it may be. Okay. The other thing I would say is just upfront and honest. Absolutely. I've gone through a libido. Absolutely. I've gone through. Sometimes I wonder if I'm asexual, like for fucking real. Like, I'm like, am I okay? Like, am I normal? Why don't I just want to like get dick down all the time? Like you see all these people talking. Oh yeah. Me and my husband, like we fuck all the time. Like we're just like fucking bunnies. And I'm like, um, yeah, like I am too when it happens, you know, like, <laughs> and like, and I would still say my sex life is great. I think though we get so caught up in like 
what other people say that they do. Who the fuck says that they actually do it? Like you guys listen to Call Our Daddy for four years. Half that shit was fake. Half that shit was fake. So like you think about, again, blinders on, right? Your own sexual journey with your spouse is your own journey. A lot of communication. I will actually in a couple of weeks have on Vanessa and Xander. Vanessa is a licensed sex therapist. Um, fucking love them. I've actually done their 30 day sex challenge and also purchased their course called the art of initiation. Um, great course. They have a book also called pillow talks on Amazon. Go buy it. Sometimes it's just like reading spicy material that can also kind of get you in the mood. Like, I don't know if you guys like watch porn. I personally like don't, I, I read books. So like my porn is my imagination. You know what I mean? So like, I think that sometimes it's just kind of like getting yourself immersed into like those emotions in like books for me, I found really helped kind of like revamp my sex drive, which is like weird to say, but like, it's weird. Okay. Like it is kind of weird, but I understand now why my grandma always read romance novels, get that dick. You know what I mean? So I think like, that's how I've dealt with it is just kind of like leaning into that. Also, like I mentioned earlier, getting a vibrator. I shared this even two years ago, I think almost now, like I never masturbated before. I didn't even know what the fuck to do. Putting my fingers up there makes me nauseous. You will never catch me doing that ever, but you will catch me with a vibrator. And that has been so helpful for me to like rediscover myself um, and feel confident with things going in and out of me because I had a lot of trauma when I had Maddox of shit being shoved inside of me without my consent. And to this day, it could make me quite literally throw up. Um, I literally passed out at my gynecologist appointment a few weeks ago when they did the speculum in me, like, because I, it, it's like a big trigger for me. I like vasospasm. Like I like, like, I don't even know what the word is. I probably just used that wrong. It's not good for me. So I understand self-discover again. That'd be my biggest tip for you. Grab a vibrator, grab a spicy novel. If you need to watch porn, like, you know, do what you need to do, but like rediscover yourself. And I personally don't think you need to tell your spouse if you buy a vibrator, like sometimes it could be hot if you tell them, but if you keep that private, like they don't need to know, put it in your drawer somewhere, hide it. They don't need to know, take it out when you shower, lock the door, do your thing, like whatever you need to do. But I think that like just honoring where you're at and also like just knowing that like, Sometimes for me, I just have to kind of start like making out and that's like the biggest hump, right? Like, I don't know why sometimes making out is so gross to me. Like the saliva, this, uh, like, come on, let's be fucking real. I'm being, I'm being the most honest person in the room right now. There is also no one else in here, but regardless, sometimes it's just like getting yourself to make out and Vanessa and Xander do a really good job talking about this. They say that they make out every day, which like, to be honest, wouldn't be me. However, the point is, is that like, they create this like initiation of like, they're always making out. It doesn't always have to lead to sex. And if it does, it does. But sometimes it's just that like, you just, I just got to start kissing. I just got to start kissing. All of a sudden, like you're turned on, you know? So those are my few like tips for you. And honestly, even anyone else listening, I know there's people out there that struggle with sex drive, um, confidence in sex, the thought of like, oh, am I less sexual than other people? Maybe I'm a problem. Like I know I, and I still think that what's wrong with me. Oh, what's wrong with me? You know, like no one like talks about it. Cause it, it's like, it can be embarrassing, but like, I mean, I don't care at this point. If you've listened to 50 minutes of my podcast, you deserve to know that I use lube. I just started masturbating and I sometimes have a low sex drive. So like you deserve to know that right now, like you've earned that right. Um, but I think it's just so important to share things like that because it's like a lot of people, they live in this idea of just like a false facade and 
it's okay to not be like hypersexual. And if you are hypersexual, like go off, like I'm fucking jealous of you. But like, if you're not, I don't think you should deem yourself or like shame yourself as also like I'm weird or like I have a problem or whatever it may be. So hang in there. I hope those few tips help. Like maybe something helps read some spicy novels, like for reals, it, it, it can change you. (laughs) Okay. Let's do one more just to like, maybe end on like a lighter note for some reason. Okay. I recently ended my four and a half year relationship because we both had very different life goals, values, and interests. He also was pretty controlling when it came to certain things. We didn't end on bad terms. So he still follows me on Instagram and has me on Snapchat. I feel awkward thinking about moving on, going out, talking to new guys, and he's still watching what I'm doing on socials. Advice for moving forward, when slash how to start meeting new people, should I keep him on my socials? Sincerely, a happy new single girly. Okay, so the first thing I would say is I understand like breaking that bridge, but my first question would be, are you ever gonna see him again? Like, does he run in your circle? Because at that point, if you don't plan on getting back together and you're both kind of like, out of each other's lives. What's the point of being cordial? What's the point of following each other? What's the point of being nice? What's the point? If you're never going to like have that running again. Now, if you're like, well, I just don't want to be rude. Okay. I get it. Then adjust the privacy of what he can see everywhere. At least. So if he was going out of his way to look at you, you would know, like if he was using his friend's account to check on you, you would know. So hide your story from him. You can literally go on your Instagram. Let me, let me fucking show you this shit right now. Okay. So like I just clicked on a random profile. If you go up to the upper right hand corner, go to this person's profile, go to your ex's profile on his Instagram, go up into the upper right hand corner. There's a little bell. And then next to it, there's three dots in the upper right hand corner. Click on that, go down where it says hide your story. So then he cannot view your story. He doesn't know you have a new story. He can't click it. He can't view it. He can't see it. Okay. That helps with your stories. The other thing you can also do is restrict him. So he can't see your stuff. You can also remove him as a follower. That'd be my one thing. So that would be my, my tip top thing. The other thing I would say is make sure that if you do that, you have to do on Facebook too, or wherever he's at on social Snapchat, remove him at this point. Honestly, the more I'm talking about it, just fucking block him. Like it literally, I don't think this matters at all. The more I'm thinking about it, the more I'm talking in circles. I'm like, why would you go through all these extra steps for an ex? No fucking thanks. He doesn't even deserve to see like what you're doing. And if you left on good quote, good terms, fuck it. I don't think it matters. I'm going to, I'm going to leave it at that. There's nothing else to talk about. Just fucking block him. It doesn't matter. Move on. Have fun with your life. You deserve to be happy. You deserve to be free. You deserve to be fun. And you don't have to worry about him ever, like ever. And if he sees you out and about and he's like, yeah, what have you been up to? It's like, if anything, if it's not awkward, you have time to tell him like, yeah, this is all the things I'm doing. I went off to Africa. I was on a private jet to Belize. You can even lie and he won't know. I love that for you. So make sure you guys uh, rate, review, subscribe to this podcast. Make sure that you enter your advice below. Do you want me to answer your questions? You want to tell me a secret? Tell me what you've been doing. Tell me what you're naughty. Why are you naughty? And make sure that you subscribe. New episodes every Sunday. Share this episode with a friend too. And go message your favorite podcast hosts and tell them to have me on their podcast. I need that right now. Go message your favorite people and say, hey, you should get Desby on your podcast, whoever it is. I just want a podcast with people. So go tell them. Go tell your favorite podcast. You need to have her on your podcast. You guys would be funny together or whatever. Go tell them right now. Okay. Love you guys. See you next Sunday. And uh, 
I don't know why in my head I just want to say go blue. I don't know. I'm going to go to bed. Okay, bye. That's all for this episode of Brunch with Des B. I hope you enjoyed hanging out, laughing, or maybe even crying with me today because let's be honest, you never know what you'll get here. Be sure to subscribe to my podcast, share with your family and friends, or even just to social media and tag me in it so I can share. Love you guys.